0: I want to draw your attention to two verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 and 18, the scripture reads in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory somebody say unveiled faces are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory or I like how the King James says it from glory to glory anybody know anything about going from glory to glory come on somebody anybody want to go from glory to glory which comes from the Lord, this glory to glory, this ever-increasing glory, who is the Spirit, not any spirit, but the Holy Spirit. What is God saying today? I believe that the Lord is speaking a timely word to a timely church. I believe that if uh, I had to put a title to this, I would simply say, Lord, please remove my veil. We who with unveiled faces, we who with unveiled faces, we are are being taken into his glory. We are being transformed. We are being changed. We are being transitioned. We are being shifted. Anybody know anything about being shifted and changed and transformation in your life and taken from glory to glory? Come on, from faith to faith. Come on, from power to power. How many would dare to believe that no matter how great 2016 may have been for you, 2016 wasn't God's very best. God is always looking looking to take you from his best to even a greater best to a greater best in other words although he's the same yesterday today and forevermore he's a God who was he's a God who is and he is the God who is to come because we are on this fallen earth in this fallen state as humanity he is seeking to consistently and constantly want to Elevate us. He wants to ascend us. He wants to take us to something greater. And then this year, in 2015, I'm here to declare that God's best is not behind us, God's best is just before us. And we're going to get to it. Come on, because He's promised it. If you believe it, give Him praise and give Him glory. Hallelujah. But we're going to need to have a veil removed somebody that would dare to believe God's word just say lord please remove my veil in order for us to understand this correctly in the context of scripture we could we should consider the actual chapter 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 through 16 all of the verses that preface what we read and I love reading the Bible so just if you want follow along with me or just close your eyes and in the theater of your mind just imagine that you are watching the Apostle Paul pen this letter to the church at Corinth and he is talking to them and he says and he says are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. You show that you are a letter from Christ. The result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. But our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills. But the Spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It is not removed because only in Christ is it, the veil, taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Somebody say, Lord, please remove my veil. See, I'm believing that in 2017, God's got something greater for your life. Greater for your marriage, greater for your family, greater for your home, greater for your academia, greater for your business, greater for your career, greater specifically speaking, of course, for your divine purpose. The reason for which God has placed you on planet Earth and he wants to take you from glory to glory. He wants to take you from faith to faith, from power to power. However, the only way we can get there is if we allow the Holy Spirit to do a supernatural work, a sovereign work, if you will, in our lives, where he identifies the veils that exist, whether it's on us, uh, is, uh, on, our, on our, our heads, so to speak, or whether it's on our hearts. Let me further explain this concept, because when we read about the life of Moses, is it all right if I step down off the platform? I like to get amongst the people. We read about Moses. And we read about Christ. And we thank God for Moses. Because God was the sovereign instrument that God chose to bring the law through. And we're not going to take more time than is needed. But we know Old Testament history and specifically the story of Moses. That Moses was a man of God. And Moses would at times go to the mountain. In fact, Mount Horeb is where it all started in terms of him having an encounter with the angel of the Lord via the burning bush god began to speak to him there god began to give him an assignment god began to give him purpose and reason and resolve and results to aim for and moses came down from that mountain of course with his brothers because moses had some insecurities about himself and his capacity to lead and so forth but long story short god used moses to deliver the people of israel and how many are thankful for the Moseses in life that helped lead you out of the stuff you were in Moses then, as he was leading them out of Israel, as he was moving in the desert towards the promised land, which was that gold, unfortunately, he never made it there. That's a different message for a different time. But one of the key things we notice about Moses' life is that Moses, from time to time, he would go and get away to be with God. And many times he literally ascended. He would, literally would go to a higher height. He went to a mountain. He went into the tent of meeting and he would meet with God. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 33 that he spoke to God as a friend. As one speaking face to face. And when you come out of that encounter with God and he come down, especially the first time when he brought the first set of the tablets, the people of Israel said, Moses, cover your face. There's something different about you, Moses. It's not even human. It's not something that's earthly. The divine has gotten all over you. The presence of God has come on you and your face is radiating. And the people that should have said, we want some of that, says we'll have none of that. We need you to cover your stuff up. Come on, somebody. How many know that sometimes when you're going after God and you're pressing in and you're going to higher heights and you're getting deep with him, you come out of that time, you could just sense. It's more than electrifying. It's more than anything on this earth. The divine is on you. And as you walk and as you move, come on, as you have your being, people can tell. Come on. It's not the, the, the clothes you have on. It's not the jewelry you're wearing. It's not the fragrance. Come on. You're spo- or it, it's just something different about you. Why? Because it's the glory of God raiding out of your life. How many know something about that? What's interesting is that when he comes out, instead of saying, oh no, this is the new me, he says, okay, I'll cover it up. And he covers it up. What's worse is that he gets so involved with doing Instead of being more involved in being. That he spends less time in the secret place. Less time in intimacy. Less time in being face to face with the Lord. And then he realizes, he checks. I don't know what kind of mirrors they had back then. Maybe he just looked at the water. I, no idea. But, but he realizes, uh-oh, the glory is fading. The evidence of my intimacy is fading. Uh Uh-oh. So what I need to do is I need to do what they say in the hood. I got to fake it till I make it. I'm going to go ahead and cover my face this time. Not because they're afraid of seeing the glory, but because I'm afraid of them seeing I no longer got the glory. Slow it down for a moment. He says, it's no longer the way it used to be. And God is trying to tell him, listen, you don't have to fake it till you make it. You can make it so you don't have to fake it. He says, we're going to have to get rid of that veil. And fast forward from the Old Testament into the New Testament, God saw that there was a glory with the law. There was a glory with that time and that season, that place and that person. But he realizes for reasons that we don't have time to get into that there needed to be something greater. There needed to be something more. There needed to be something higher, further, and more profound. And so therefore, yes, the law came through Moses, but John 1 tells us that grace and truth came through Christ. Come on, somebody. And Jesus comes on the scene, and Jesus is bringing something greater. Jesus is bringing something better. Jesus is bringing his very best. And it's in Jesus that we receive grace and truth not because he sought to abolish the law but because he fulfilled the law. He was the only one who could so that when we come into his kingdom so that when we come on come into his sovereignty his rule and his reign when we come into his body come on when we enter into his embassy come on somebody when we enter into his glorious city of the company of believers now God says you see that veil on your face it's time for it to come off you see that veil on your heart it's time for it to come off you thought you had glory back then it was a limited glory you better get ready you're going to a glory you've never known before you're going into a dimension you've never lived in before it's not that God is trying to contradict what he said it's that God is fulfilling what he said he's taking you from glory to glory and it's not coming through Moses. It's not coming through a man, a ministry or a movement. It's coming through the Messiah Jesus who was at the right hand of the Father and the Father said we got to do something about planet Earth. They're not getting it. They're not quite getting it. I need to send, come on somebody, a representative of this sovereign rule and reign. I need to send, come on, someone who will be a firstborn resident come on, who will pave the way for." for others to follow I need to send someone that when they come they're going to come not with a veiled face but with an unveiled face to let everybody know I am Emmanuel I am God in flesh form I am the way I am the truth I am the life no one gets to the Father except it be through me and the only way for you to remove that veil and go from glory to glory is to get King Jesus the hope of glory, living in our lives and living in His embassy. Hallelujah! We got fifteen more minutes. When I think about this, it reminds me of something. If I could, can I be vulnerable with you guys? It reminds me of. Something that happened in May of 2006. As my wife Mildred and I and our children were pastoring in Oak Cliff, and we chose, we're gonna buy a house in Oak Cliff. Could've bought a house in any other city. We said, no, we're gonna, we're gonna live in the city of the people we're reaching. And I recall in my home, I was in a time of pursuing his presence. And I was praying. And I was worshiping. Scoring after God. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. Anybody know anything about that? Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. And he says, so then you can speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs was them spiritual songs go beyond my English. They go beyond my Spanish, come on somebody. They go into the heavenlies. And there I was just singing. I wasn't just praying in the spirit, I was singing in the spirit. And I was singing in the spirit. And as I was singing in the spirit. Something that had never happened in my life took place that at first mentioned I didn't understand. Anybody ever heard the inner whisper of God in your life? It's not an audible voice. But we know it's a prompting. Yeah. Sometimes it might even sound like our own voice or a voice we're familiar with, and it, it speaks to us and 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 it's just in our inner being. And there I was, going after Jesus. And the voice said, "Ask me to remove your veil." Can I be honest with you? I wish that I could rightfully discern God's voice in that moment. But you know what, I didn't. In fact, I just about said, I rebuke you devil, get behind me Satan. (laughs) How many know sometimes we don't know as much as we think we know? And I kept on, kept on seeking the Lord, kept on. And then the second time the voice came back again. Ask me to rebuke. It was as if, you know, Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 19, he's in the cave, he's running for his life, and the Lord is coming for him, and fire comes, earthquake comes, and the wind, the tornado comes, a hurricane, whatever that thing was, but God wasn't in any of that. But God used that to get his attention. And then there was a still, small voice. <sighs> How many know that God can shout, but he doesn't always have to shout to get our attention? He whispered. And the second time, when he did, all of a sudden, this passage of Scripture in the story of Moses downloaded into me. And I realized, this ain't the devil talking to me. This isn't the enemy. Here I am trying to pursue God. Here I am to try to get... Close to God, and I'm getting so close to Him that now I can hear His whisper. And He says, Ask me to remove your veil. And I thought, Lord, what do you you mean? Ask you. And it's as if He was reminding me, I've given you a free will. I'm sovereign, I have all the authority, but I still give you a choice do you want something greater and i and i thought in that moment and, and i gotta be honest can i be more vulnerable with you i didn't say it. well lord you better hurry up and remove this veil in fact i, I just started pondering this thought that the lord would ask me to tell him or to ask him to remove my veil and and i took that to the office that day and i spoke to our children's pastor about it and i said you know this strangest thing happened to me this morning as i was with the lord in a time of 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 just pursuing him and my children's pastor and you know how many know that god speaks out of the mouth of babes and you know god speaks out of the mouth of children's pastors my children's pastor looked at me and said with enthusiasm So, pastor, have you asked the Lord to remove your veil? How many know that for the ego of a senior pastor of a congregation, that don't feel good? Like, pastor, you need to ask the Lord to remove your veil. I was like, boy, step back. I'm just keeping it real. And in that moment, I told him, you know, I haven't yet, but I will. He left the office, and I began to ask the Lord, Lord, remove my veil. Remove my veil. Three days go by. It's Saturday night into Sunday morning, and I have a dream. And in my dream, I walk into a church facility, and I walk into an atmosphere very similar to the one we are enjoying here, charged with the presence of God. That you just know that you know there's something surreal about this presence. God is here. And in the dream, I realized I got to be the preacher of the service. So I'm getting all excited. And they're ushering me to the front. And as I'm walking to the front, all of a sudden, I'm realizing it is unusually bright in this church. I mean, it was like they put all the lights up and then some. And it was those fluorescent lights is what I was thinking. So then the same voice that told me, Ask me to remove your veil, spoke to me. Now I recognize the voice. And in my dream it says, look up. And when I looked up, I saw the strangest sight I've ever seen. I thought I saw a ceiling that was made of com- just completely of glass. A glass ceiling that allowed the sunlight to shine through and be its light. And I thought, that's pretty cool. No wonder it's so bright in here. The sunlight is shining through, and there's nothing standing in the way to impede its light. There's just glass. I woke up. I said, Lord, that was a pretty cool dream. What are you saying with that? And he was was like, hey, dum-dum. There was no glass ceiling. That was open heavens. I said, what do you mean? He said, you asked me to remove your veil. I said, what what do you mean by that? You asked me to remove your veil. And when you asked me to remove your veil, I began to remove everything that was limiting you. I began to remove everything that was an impedance or an obstacle over your life. I began to remove anything and everything that at times you would have looked at and said, Oh, that's nice. Ooh, that's cute. Ooh, that's pretty. And now you got to actually gaze into the heavens, and the light that was coming through was not just the sun light, S-U-N. You got to see the sun's light, S-O-N apostrophe S. And what happened is you transitioned from being in a realm where there was limitations to being in another realm, which means kingdom where now there are no limitations where now the veil has been taken away where now the things that limited you no longer are there to limit you and you have stepped into my kingdom you have stepped into my glory and now I'm about to reveal to you something even greater I just wonder if we could be honest enough with ourselves and with God today to say Lord I'm thankful for my good old fashioned religion I'm thankful for the things that I learned growing up I'm thankful for Sunday school I'm thankful for VBS I'm thankful for all that stuff that helped me get on the right track I'm thankful for the law and yet Lord I realize there's gotta be more than just good old fashioned religion there's gotta be a God new relationship there's gotta be something greater than denominations and associations and affiliations we thank God for them but there's gotta be something that transcends that, that trespasses that breaks through the barrier and allows us to actually come into the fullness of who Christ Jesus is and the kingdom that he represents and uh, come on, the embassy that he wants us to be part of here on planet earth. Listen, we're on this earth, but we're not of this earth. We have come because God has already preordained our very existence from before time began and he has prepared a kingdom for us to enter into from the very foundation of the earth if you believe it give them praise and give them glory and the Lord began to remind me I'm just going to reference this if you're taking notes please feel free to jot it down and this is some good homework I know we don't like homework right but if you look at Matthew 15 1 through 9 if you look at John 8 31 through 36 you're going to see that in these passages of scripture, Jesus is speaking to religious folk. Anybody know anything about religious folk? Now, don't be looking at your neighbor and say, Jesus is speaking to Pharisees, Sadducees, and as I like to say, other people who couldn't see. They, listen, listen, they had a knowledge of God, but they did not know God. And if we're not careful, our good old-fashioned religion It provided us with the knowledge of God, but it didn't provide us with a real knowing of God. Listen, we can't confuse getting an idea of God with getting insight from God. We we can't confuse getting information about God with being intimate with God. And Jesus is basically saying, look, in fact, in his parables, his disciples asked him, "Why why do you talk in parables? You know, why do you do that? He says, because I want them to fulfill the scriptures. I want them to be able to be ever hearing but never understanding. I want them to be ever seeing but not ever perceiving. In other words, I'm not going to share the secrets with those that just want to be superficial. I I, I don't want to take people into the deep end that only want to hang out in the shallow end. And he says, so I'll give them parables. I'll give them stories. They'll have ears to hear, but they really won't have ears that actually listen to what I'm saying. They'll they'll see things with their eyes, but but it's as if they won't be able to perceive what they're really seeing. They'll have sight, but not vision. And it's as if he's saying there's a veil over them. Sometimes if we're not careful, we have veils over our hearts. We have veils over our our minds, spiritually speaking. And we can't stay content with where we've come from. We thank God that he brought us out of those Egypts per se. But God has something greater than even the desert we're walking through. God has something greater. It's the promised land that he has promised you. And he wants to take you there. But the only way Moses ever got into the promised land. Do you remember reading in scripture when Moses actually got into the promised land? Because if you read the Old Testament, you won't find it. But if you go into the New Testament on the mountain of transfiguration. Come on, somebody. On the mountain of transfiguration, where the glory of God showed up. Where the presence of God enveloped Jesus. Come on, who else showed up? Moses and Elijah, come on! And then God speaks and says, "Listen, it's not about Moses. It's not about Elijah. It's about my Son. This is the one you got to listen to." And what the Lord is showing us is, "Listen, we got to go beyond the old. We have to step into the new." And the only way we can really have that veil removed, so we can actually see and perceive, hear and understand, acknowledge and really know, is to say, "Jesus, this year in 2017, I'm giving you my all. I'm not giving my all to a religion. I'm giving." My all to a relationship with jesus this year i'm not seeking to just have ideas that are biblical i'm seeking to have insight that is scriptural this year i just don't want information that comes from the bible i want inspiration i want uh, the intimacy i want everything that you have for me and i'm deciding i'm gonna go after you i'm gonna pursue you i'm gonna let you remove whatever you've got to remove so i can get to what you have for me if you believe it Give him praise and glory. I close with this, and I'm going to ask the worship team to please come if you would be so kind. And I'm going to ask my wife to join me as part of this last point. As I began to ponder this idea of remove the veil, the Lord then reminded me of our wedding day. He said, remember that day? I said, sure I do. I was late to my own wedding. I confess. She said, yes, he was. <laughs> and on that day, when I was at the altar with the officiating minister and my father who was translating the ceremony It was a bilingual wedding. There came a moment when I finally showed up (laughs) and got into place, that this glorious bride, who was waiting on her groom, (laughs) Jesus help me. The doors opened. The wedding march began to play. And she began to be escorted by her father. I knew it was my wife, but I couldn't quite see her face because there was something that was covering her face. It was translucent enough and to some extent transparent enough for her to be able to see in front of her and others to barely make out her face before them. But when she came, when she came to the altar, escorted by her father, and there I was, and here he was. He did something. He lifted the veil. He kissed her forehead. I saw her face. (laughs) Show me your glory. (laughs) But then he did this. And he covered her again. He represented her background. He represented her upbringing. He represented the rules and the laws. He represented the training. He represented the preparation. But he brought her to a place where he says, my work's done. It's time for you to transition. It's time for you to shift. It's time for you to step in and step up. Come on, somebody. Because where she was living, it was just a bedroom. Come on, somebody. But now she was going to have her own place, or should I say her own palace hallelujah now what was about to happen she was no longer gonna bear the name of garcia a great name as it is hallelujah but she was about to receive the last name of de jesus which means of jesus thank you (laughs) jesus glory be to god hallelujah she was about to, to not only Come out to come in, she was not only about to step into a new identity, but you know, here in Texas, although we got married in New York, I'm not sure what the laws are like in New York, but I know what they are in Texas. All of a sudden, once we got hooked up, thank you, Jesus, 50% of whatever I had became hers. Amen. Hallelujah. And now she got access, come on somebody, into things that she never had. Now she got ownership of, of stuff she never had to pay for, of stuff she never had to work for, things that didn't come through law and legalism, that only came through grace and a truth that he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on somebody! And all of a sudden, please begin to play, because if not, I'll keep on preaching. It was my turn, and I renounced as husband and wife. Yeah, come on, Jesus. <laughs> Lifted the veil. And don't worry, I'm not going to kiss her on the lips, because <laughs> this is PG right here. I kissed her. She moved into a new realm. She moved into a new dominion. She moved into a new kingdom. And the Bible tells us, please stay right here. In Revelations 19, 6 and 7. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Are you ready? You're the bride. We're the bride. Jesus is the groom. He used the law to father us, to train us up, to teach us, to put boundaries, to put parameters. We need that, to discipline us, and then to bring us to this point where we get to get a sneak peek. Because I wasn't the only one looking at her. When that veil went up, she looked at me. Come on, somebody. And now, Jesus is waiting for us. We as the bride, Heavenly Father lifts up the veil, puts it down. But Jesus says, okay, now it's my turn. He lifts up that veil. says, I'm going to kiss you with grace. I'm going to kiss you with truth. I'm going to embrace you with love and righteousness. I'm going to pick you up. Just like the groom does. And I'm going to take you over the threshold. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody's about to pass a threshold today. Somebody's about to pass a threshold today. And I'm going to bring you in, he says, into my kingdom. This is not man's religion. This is the Messiah's rule and reign in your life. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be your king, he says. I'm going to be your Lord. I'm going to be your everything. And your life will never be the same. Because you've asked me, Lord, please. Remove my veil. Would you please bow your heads?